You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Great British Bake Off podcast. I'm Chris. I am no. <laughs> oh dear. No. Sorry, did I miss something? Oh, this is the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris. I'm not the host because we don't do hosts anymore. Uh, and, but I am joined tonight by the two joints. How are you guys? A week. Good. Yeah. Hi. Last yeah, week, yeah. I had a, all, a bloody panic. Aye, we're all awake this week. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I was. We recorded on Tuesday last week, so you guys recorded on Tuesday last week, uh, <laughs> and I was watching the Great British Bake Off and fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> it was vegan week. What did you expect? It was what week? It was vegan week. Vegan week? Yeah. Since oh, when did they just that? When it went to Channel 4, they went all weird with some of the uh, themed weeks, but um, aye, so I fell asleep on the couch, and everybody was panicking because they couldn't get hold of it. So did you fall asleep because it wasn't Mary Berry that was on it? <laughs> It was just, I, I, I do quite like watching the Bake Off, but uh, apparently not last week. So yeah, that's why I missed the podcast. I fell asleep watching Bake Off. That must be the most old man thing I've ever done. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I saw, after you'd said that, once we eventually found out that right, you're all right, uh, we started actually off air on the... The wee group that we've got on WhatsApp started talking about Bake Off. The sad thing is, I have found myself watching a bit of this series as well. I don't know if it's sad or not, actually, but I used to kind of half catch it when the wife was watching. You know that way you're sitting and uh, she's watching something, you're like kind of half looking at it and half not looking at it. Whereas this time, it's like if it's on, I'm like, you're glued to it. I don't know what's happened. See, I'm, I'm not feeling it as much this season. Because I don't really, like, you can usually connect with a few of the, the characters in the, the Bake-Off. Yeah, but... Where the fuck is that? <laughs> 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 this, this, what? This year I'm just, this, I'm just doing my thing this year. I don't know what it is, there's just nobody that's a standout. But, uh, aye, we should probably talk about some football instead of talking about Bake-Off. Well, I don't know, <laughs> because the, the football that we've got to chat about, we might not want to. Aye, that's, that's um, a sad thing. We'll get on aye. the football that we want to talk about later mm. on, but we may as well start with the miserable part that is Scotland. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I could. I almost missed the podcast. Well, I didn't even miss it, but it got to about what just before nine, and I was like, "Oh, I better get up stay for the podcast." Um, yeah, otherwise I'd have been watching the Kardashians. <laughs> um, so, right. Well, <laughs> Bake Off's bad enough, right? But Kardashians—that's just that's a step too far. <laughs> but, but oh, no, I must say though, it's not that I, I watch it as in oh, it's my program, but I. That's what that was. What, that's what happens if I'm doing the podcast. I think that's what, what goes away. I think that's what goes on. Kardashians or whatever. So. Is this a night of uh, guilty pleasures here? Well, you quite like Courtney. I'm not. I don't feel any guilt about watching Bake Off. I feel guilty about the Kardashians. What's your guilty? What's your guilty pleasure, John? <laughs> well, I confess um, that me and the wife watch uh, Catfish now and then. And I must say, I enjoy okay? it, so we'll it's just stop fish. it. I'll tell you about it off here. Have you heard no, about no. it? It's M- MTV. No. Yeah, it's basically, um, to cut us long story short, um, it's about a couple of, um, it's usually about a couple of people who um, date online, fall in love, blah, blah, but they've never ever met, and 
um, a couple of guys from MTV try and get them together and it's usually someone completely different at the other end nice yes can I make a confession this is a pedo trap and pedo trap will be on MTV in the coming year oh. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe we should just uh, pause this and start again I, I I've seen Catfish as well John I must admit yeah uh, yeah yeah it's great it's uh, yeah and uh, interesting maybe yes. the word aye uh, so we're actually not uh, hosting the Scottish Football Forums podcast tonight we're, we're talking about TV programmes yep. um, can anybody tell we don't want to talk about Scotland tonight <laughs> well aye well to say, uh, we've seen off the air as well so Thursday I'm kind of saying chilling out I'm like you know you get a notification on Twitter and you're like what's this why is there a Scotland team getting tweeted Oh, there's a game on. <laughs> Aye, that, that's how much. Uh, yeah, I was paying attention. Yeah. So, I listened to the radio because I don't really have Sky Sports, so uh, I listen, old school radio listening to it. And um, but yeah, the Thursday game I didn't even bother with the Sunday game. <laughs> it's too confusing with the days. Um, you end up. I don't. I don't know. But you should, well, I was going to say you should be used to Thursday football, you should have played one in the Europa League. Oh, oh, oh. That's your thing now, Come on. Come on. Well, see, this, this, this was the funniest thing. I, t- I kind of tweeted it at half-time. That, uh, it was like deja vu, because we were rubbish, but we were 1-0 up. And I was worried about that dab game. It was just like the Salzburg game the previous week. And ended up finishing pretty much the same way, where it was... The week before it was 3 1 to Salzburg and Celtic lost, and could have been more. And mm-hmm. yeah, we had 2 1 to Israel, could have been more. Should have been more to Israel, I think. Um, a better team would have absolutely annihilated us. I think Israel had something like 23 shots, um, yeah. and nine of them were on target. Um, two, obviously, the goals, a couple of saves from McGregor, and then you add one that they might hit the bar for about four yards. Uh, yep. It was just a Aye. awful, awful, awful night. Um, probably one of the one of the worst I've seen. Um, I know the BBC did a poll about which one was the worst Scotland performance you've seen, and I voted for when Norway beat Scotland 4-0 in 2009. Um, but a lot of people were voting for this one, and understandable. So it was just a diabolical um, performance. Um, uh, yeah, there was just like when you when you can only really count on uh, Al McGregor's performance being a good performance, and everything else was kind of. Awful. It was just nothing good about it at all. Nobody was playing that great. The formation was questionable. The number of players that played at a position was ridiculous. Was that, that, that's the point. That's the main thing for me. Right? See, the, the people talk about formation, but it's the fact that we're playing players in positions that they don't play normally. You, you could have a three-five-two. I think, with players that can play the position. Maybe not the system, because as folk have alluded to there's no many other players that play in a 3-5-2 no. um, the craziest thing is we've got probably two of the best left backs that Scotland's had in many many years and we don't play a left back in the, the formation yeah. so yeah, we play both of them out of position I know it, it really is I mean they're, they're focusing too much uh, this was the main part of my blog which is on the SFF podcast um, with, with regards to Tierney Robertson I think they just need to make a decision of which one's your left back and stick with it. Um, none of this trying to shoehorn people in. Um, 
yes, they are the two um, the two best players in the squad, but unfortunately they're both in one position, and if it means leaving one out, then so be it. It's about the balance of the team. It's about getting a assistant that works for the players we've got. Instead of trying to create formations that um, suits no one. I mean, we've tried Ryan Fraser as a right wing back, and that doesn't work. Um, you know, and the ironic thing is, I don't know if Fraser didn't play, but we end up leaving out James Forrest, the man in form, when really, arguably, we could be picking a formation that works around Fraser and Forrest switching wings. That could potentially work. But Yeah, uh, we're, too rig- we're too rigid. Yeah. Mm. We have been for years. Ten years of watching Scotland and going to Hamden, going wherever, and you, you watch us, and you watch the opposition, and it doesn't matter what opposition it is, I've always found, no matter, almost whatever team we play, has always got better movement, whereas it's almost as if our players are told, right, that's your position, don't stray too far from it. See, when you do that, it's too predictable. If folk, as you say, John, if Forrest and Fraser are playing switching wings, defenders are starting going, oh, who am I picking up here? You then start thinking, oh, are they going to go inside? Are they going to go outside? Are they going to do something different? Because Fraser and Forrest, I would say, are both quite different in terms of the way they play. Um, so that kind of thing. Yeah. You've got the likes of Callum McGregor, for example. I mean, Callum McGregor has played umpteen different positions for Celtic. Generally, I think he's probably someone that's always maybe at least, I mean, Chris will know better than maybe uh, uh, me, but he's maybe always someone that's maybe a solid 7 out of 10 at least. Um, fair, not so or? much, not so much this season, but certainly last season he was he was very consistent. Um, he's he was better against St Johnson, um, but then you could say that about most of the Celtic team, to be honest. Um, but I, he, he just he hasn't quite hit the ground running this season. Um, so, but he is one of the, like you say, he is one of these guys that can play in different positions. I think he's better central, you know. Oh, I yeah. definitely. Um, I mean, he was maybe the the outfield player that would maybe get. Pass marks, maybe. I, I disagree. I, um, I don't In terms think... of at least making the keeper work a wee bit. Or... Last 10 minutes he showed up, the other 80 minutes he wasn't in the game at all. Um, I don't think any of the midfield, um, and this was another point that I made as well um, on the blog, was that um, as much as we talk about formations and systems, you need your players to turn up, and the midfield yeah. went completely missing. I wouldn't give any of them more than a five. McGinn was okay for the first five, maybe 10 minutes. McGregor was okay for the last 10. In between that, they were both ranked rotten. Not as ranked rotten as Kevin McDonald, but they didn't show up. And time and time again, midfield was totally bypassed given the defence an issue. And the defence um, obviously. See the thing as well, though. Sorry, John. See no. the thing as well. I don't even know if it is a 3 5 2. It's almost a 3 6 1. At times. Or a fa- it's actually a 5. The bottom, it's. it's a- I don't, I don't know. It's that hard to distinguish what it is. It's we'll throw a 60 start for me. Aye. Aye. Um, I mean, the, the, Stephen O'Donnell got the most stick last week, and I think that's a lot of that was because of who he doesn't play for one of the more elite clubs. You know, he's a commander, but it was easy to do that. And Stephen Dodd did not have a good game, but he was not helped by the fact he had no one in front of him um, to help, which a 4-5-1 or 4-4-2 even gives you. And the right centre-back, John Suter, offered absolutely no protection either, and he had an absolutely diabolical game too, compounded by the two deserved bookings. People say the second booking was harsh, but he's given the referee an option. He's put he's dallied in possession, got caught, tried to recover, put his arm out in front of um in the in the player's face and, and put him down. So Thanks for I think it was soft. I think he actually gets filled first of all. I, I think the first one was soft. Um I, I think 
Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I don't think it would affect the game because I think Israel were far superior. But uh, uh, you'd be pretty disappointed. Yeah, but, uh, but Scott McGenna was coming. But Scott McGenna was coming on at that point. I can't Alan McLeish. <laughs> Even though he was on the pack at it's that point. It's pretty funny. for Mulgrew after. I mean, again with the three at the back then and playing Tierney there, I, I don't think it works out. But if you're playing three at the back, at least play three centre backs. Yeah, Tierney doesn't like, play sure, three. Sure, sure Mulgrew, McKenna. Aye, that'd be better. Well, because yeah. like, you're right. I mean, Tierney's playing at the left or back three, which he never does for Celtic. If Celtic play a three, he's one of the five in the midfield. Aye, yeah. but he's playing left wing basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. The other thing as well in terms, I, I've seen people trying out to the fact of maybe at times it can switch to a four. Now it could, but it doesn't switch to a four. <laughs> that, that's the, that's uh-huh. the problem because it, it, it could work whereby um, Tierney starts going wider maybe when we've got the ball mm-hmm. and then Robertson then becomes a left winger, which I, I know we're talking about playing players in position, but it is something that could potentially work. I don't know uh, because it's not a position that Robertson plays but I think the, you're trying to get your best players in the park but then I don't want to be detrimental to the system. It's a bit like was it England years ago and they had two left backs was it Bridge and Cole mm-hmm. and they always seem, seem to want to kind of shoot on the two of them into the team because they don't left wingers what doing Doing that well, bridge started as a left winger, I think. I mean. So, what, what you're saying is one of our centre backs has to go and sleep with either Mrs. Kieran Tierney or Mrs. Andy Robertson. And then, <laughs> de- 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 then one of the left backs will just go away. Mm-hmm, That's what mm-hmm. happened with Wayne Bridge, was it not? Wayne Bridge stopped getting picked for England after John Terry's been <laughs> sleeping with Mrs. I was wondering where you were going there for that. <laughs> um, but, but uh, that's the, the one thing that, if you're at least going to maybe play someone out of position. I don't think it would be necessarily too bad because you'll play some teams I mean for the likes of we spoke last week about the Belgium game right much as it's only a friendly you had Ryan Fraser try to defend against Eden Hazard yeah. now that, that's a tough ask for anyone mm-hmm. yeah never mind a guy that doesn't even play as a wing back <laughs> or a full back or anything like that I must say, just going back to Chris's point, I mean, that must be the most extreme way of trying to solve the Tierney Robertson problem by having one of the um, players <laughs> get someone to have an affair with one of them. <laughs> or the wives. Uh, maybe that's something that you should tell Alec McLeish, Chris. Um, he can put McKenna in to do it. He thinks McKenna can do it. <laughs> What's that? He should put McKenna in to do it. McKenna's probably doing some, something else at the time, but apparently McKenna can do two things at once. So. <laughs> You can be in two places at once, uh, right. on, on the bench and on the pitch. <laughs> in the physio's room. <laughs> What's that? In the physio's room with people. <laughs> right. Uh, um. if, you've, if you're just tuned in, it's not always quite as entertaining as us. Um, normally getting on. <laughs> Listen, would you rather we talked about Do Scotland Oh. This podcast. No, no, I think I'm, I'm actually. Uh, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I'm quite enjoying this actually. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, Israel. Um, we, we made them look like world beaters, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the important position there because after they beat us, they went on to beat Albania two 0 on Sunday. So let's get uh, six points out of six for that. What we're in the games and well, they played a game more than we have, but it pretty much means we now need to go and beat Albania in Albania. 
Mm-hmm. And then win the game at having the Park against Israel as well. I can't remember what round they come next month. Yeah, it's Albania away then, Israel at home. Mathematically, right. um, we can get away with a point in Albania and beating Israel at home because we still have um, seven points and Israel would have six. However, we need to stop this. Um, a draw will do crap. That has held us back for so long. Going to places yeah. like Lithuania, a draw will do. Going to Georgia, a draw will do. No, stop that. We need to um, think about winning these games. It's no coincidence the last 20 years um, when we've not been qualifying that we've, there's been games where we've failed to beat even the bottom sides or second bottom sides in the group. Every time there's been at least one and that's always held us back. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait till you explain to like, Alton McQuist or something that actually it comes down to head-to-head. So yeah. really we could lose to Albania and then we'd only have to beat Israel by two goals. <laughs> or <laughs> one goal. Say. One goal. Do you know what I think? Uh, one the way goals count. Like we are no we are no paid to do this. Um or at least I'm no paid, I don't know if you used to get paid. But the the guys that do uh, sports you know whatever are known they were still just where they don't know how the Nations League works. You would think they get paid maybe a bit of money to do your research. Yeah. Well I, I, what, somebody in my Twitter timeline earlier today, I never caught who it was was asking if Poland were the first international team ever to get relegated. <laughs> because they're bottom of their group and now can't finish anywhere other than bottom, so they're dropping into the, the second tier from the first. Are they in a three-team group? When they lost Italy. They are, yes. They're in with Italy and um, somebody else. I can't remember. I remember they were in with Italy. Um, but I thought, I always thought that if you, well, if you're in a four-team group and you finish bottom, then obviously you're going to get relegated. But I didn't, wasn't sure if that worked for the three team one as well, but oh, no, it's 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 like four teams down and four teams up because there's four groups. Ah right. Okay. I'll be honest, I just rely on Chris for my Nations League knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I need to listen back a year to um, how he explained it. <laughs> but I. Right, so at the moment, I mean, that's the other problem we've got is we're we're now in danger of dropping into the fourth deal. <laughs> So never mind the C section, we give you the D section and we're like San Marino and Luxembourg and all the other dross that kicks about the uh, Europe. Aye, the, the worry the worrying thing is that uh, th- this was designed to make us maybe be a wee bit better. We could end up actually in a bloody worse a worse position. That we're we're one of the middles. Yeah. And we'd fall into the section. You don't want to be in the D section next time either. Because if you're in the D section next time, uh, it's two years from now, so these things fall in between the World Cup and the Europa League. Uh, the European Championships. So, although there's qualifying this time, there's no qualifying next time, there might be the time after that. So if you fall into D this year, and you don't win it, how embarrassing is that? Aye. Okay, if, you, if you do win it, you end up back in the C mm-hmm. section again, yeah. before you need to do the... You, assuming you, t- you qualify for 20... 24. 24? 2024? That's in Germany, isn't it? Aye, Germany got that. I was just about to say for 20, that. 24 is the same as us. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it'll be. I was just going to make a similar point there, Chris. You just make me tell. <laughs> it'll, it'll get to a stage, there's a tournament with 64 teams, and we still kind of get there. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's only 50-odd teams in Europe. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, I'd be the bug cut, maybe. Aye. Aye, but maybe they'd find, um, you know, like the Channel Islands would um, be in ahead of us. They'll um, come in, come t- the 64 team Euros, and we'd still uh-huh. not be big enough. <laughs> Did you know the other one? You know what, I've seen someone say, I need to stop organising friendlies against uh, all these good teams. I think people forget we've played some, well, what was considered as dross 
in the friendlies and usually we've ended up losing them. Mm-hmm. And but, I mean, the issue on Albania games are the dross. Yeah. We could not have asked. For the first time in a while, uh, this is the first time that we've had such a a kind section. I, I can't think of many teams in that um, C section that were better for us than <laughs> Israel and Albania. <laughs> Catching on, telling you. Uh, yeah, I know the C section. By the way, um, I noticed as well, speaking about um, Section D, um, Section C4, there was Montenegro against Serbia. <laughs> An explosive encounter. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and yeah, actually, I'm going with that. Didn't you say that? Yeah, nice one. That's not, I mean, you're joking about the Channel Islands. We've already got Gibraltar in, in the, the D section, so the Channel Islands wouldn't surprise me at all. It'll not be long before people are playing for the jersey. Apparently, Yorkshire have an international football team. It'd be us, I think. Probably. I've seen, was it uh, the Basque region were playing against Austin or somebody? They yeah. went 4-2. There's a Basque team and a Catalan team, but neither are recognised by UEFA. So. The Basque team, I think, would qualify for tournaments as well, probably. Is it the Catalan team? It's half a Spain. Mm-hmm. Well, half a Barca, aye, Barca. <laughs> and Espanol and whatever. Maybe not Espanol. I don't know. Now, Rose Javi used to play for it. Aye, I think, again, they had a right good team. Um, but the, I think the... I read something like the Basque team have played about 17 games. Don't know what I mean. What in total? Well. Yeah. I know they played at the weekend of 1-4-2. Or what? Maybe it was Friday or something like that. You never know. I mean, the political changes in Europe, we've seen it our own lifetime. I mean, back in the 90s, there was like, new countries popping up all the time as Yugoslavia fell apart, the Soviet Union fell apart. Czech Republic and Slovakia came out of Czechoslovakia and Aye, I mean, what's, I mean, what's next? I mean, Spain could spot up. It's not beyond the bounds of possibility. If I mean, yeah. Catalans are trying to get out, hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if the Basque region went as well. Scotland Scott trying to get independence for the UK doesn't make much difference. Yeah. <laughs> Venezuela, Venezuela, that's who the Basque region played. All right. And it's the third time that they've played them. Right. Nice. Uh, aye. But aye, they've got a pre- they've actually got a pretty good record. I think. So but you look at the you're kind of players in that squad. They might not be it depends if you're at your Spanish football, but they've got players from Real Sociedad, they've got players from Athletic Club, they've got Athletic Bilbao, they've got players from basically La Liga players. And they've got aye Aritz Adras. The plays for Athletic Bilbao has 12 goals in 11 games. Nice. I don't know. I, I, I don't even think our squads get 12 goals. We're an actual international team. And Naismith get nine of them. Aye. <laughs> From a nine-year international career. Or ten-year, sorry. Um, so, yeah, let, let's not... I, I don't know who we could organise friendlies with. Maybe the Isle of Man or something. Maybe we got a draw with him. They would play for them, would they know? Ah, good point, yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. Nah, we can't play them. They can't, yeah. Aye. But yeah, um, let's just... get back to Bake Off. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Do we, do we even worry touching the, the Portugal friendly? Because it was more of the same. We changed a few of the players, it was still reasonably disorganised. 
Portugal obviously turned up without Cristiano Ronaldo, which meant everyone that paid like 35 quid a ticket was ripped off. Mm-hmm. We were getting ripped off already, but at least you would get them when, okay, we're going to see a, a, a world class player here. No, not even getting that. Not in the squad. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, knew. to watch Portugal pump Scotland 3 1. Yeah, a lot of their players made different. They also had a good players, mind you, but I. The prices were uh, ridiculous. Yeah, when it's charging more for a friendly than a um, a competitive game, that just nah, no for me. Um, I wasn't interested in going. I did, no, watch some in between meeting dinner and um, you know doing the son's bedtime routine and stuff. Um, that's how much interest I was taking. But um, <laughs> but yeah, poor defending um, for certainly a couple of the. At least a couple of the goals, but at least we got the goal of the game. You can argue, um, lovely flick by Mackay Stephen on his debut, and nice finish by by Naismith. Um, but other than that, there's not much to. I think they play, they played a bit better than they did against Israel. It couldn't they get any worse. Um, let's be brutally honest about that. Um, and they looked a wee bit more comfortable in their shape than they did in uh, Thursday night, but still, with your defending the way we did for a couple of the goals. You're going to get, you're going to get found out, and I think these players need to get up to speed with international football quickly, um, especially ahead of these next two games. I, I, I read some folks trying to compare us to the Berry Volks era. No, the Berry Volks era was more successful than us. Well, aye. <laughs> yeah. Did we not make the playoffs in the Volks? Yeah, yeah, he's the last Scott manager to take us into a playoff. Aye, so, awful comparison. Mm-hmm. I think I well, remember it was the end of the Betty Volks era, which was like so that friendly that Kennedy got his career engine injury in. Mm-hmm. I think I think you go first, John. Yeah, I mean under Volts he had um inherited a, a team that is was effectively retiring. Mm-hmm. Because there was players playing still about thirty eight, forty year old for Scotland. So Betty rightly or wrongly, he came in and Whoever was basically could qualify to play for Scotland was pretty much getting called up to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think eventually, once they kind of figured out who was decent, who wasn't, it got to a point they were quite good, quite successful. I mean, I remember playing against Germany. Um, people thought we were going to get a hiding. We actually didn't, didn't do too badly. Yeah. We don't win one of the games against Germany. No, we, draw. we, we drew one each at Hamden, lost two, one away in the famous um, Christian, Christian F and Cheats thing. Christian Daly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, that in that campaign, that year 2004 camp, uh, qualifying campaign, we won um, three and drew one of the four home games and drew one and lost three of the away games. And we played Holland, beat them 1 0 in the playoff um, at Hamden, and then we get an absolute spanking 6 0, but we'll try not to talk about that. I was going to say, I thought it was the second leg. I remember coming out of Hamden after the first leg and one of my mates um, said to me, job done. And I just thought after that, we were going to get an absolute annihilation in the, in the second leg because we <laughs> should have been battered at Hamden, let's be honest. I mean, after the aye, goal. Aye. Um, I, I remember being in the post seats for the, the Netherlands game. Aye. It was brilliant. Escalated up to the your seat and all that. Aye. No right to the seat, but it was like cushion seats and all that. It was like, oof. Because it, it was that way, it was that difficult to get a ticket. So one of my mates goes, right, this is the only place I can get a ticket. Just, if you can get a ticket, just get a ticket. Yeah. That was and when then, Morrison's and Safeway were selling tickets. Aye, aye. Um, I, remember, I remember queuing at Ticketmaster under Central Station just um, 
you know, to get my to get my ticket because I didn't have my supporters club membership in those days. Um, queued for six o'clock in the morning when I was absolutely ill. Managed to get them, um, and I thought after that day I'm going to get my supporters club member. So that's where that started for me. Um, I've been to Scotland games before that, but I became a member then. I've renewed it since um, for my sins. It's got to the stage now. If someone offers you a ticket, you're like, mm. yeah, the Kardashian is on. <laughs> I, I oh, that, there's a, that's a difficult one. Would I rather watch Scotland or would I rather watch Kardashians? <laughs> oh, it must be paint drying somewhere. <laughs> um, I, I saw I saw lots of posts at the weekend. Um, you know, saying two tickets available. Um, I'm willing to sell them on. You just kept replying, eh, "Good luck with that." Um, <laughs> And there was people saying, um, "Do you know who's selling tickets at the at the game?" Like, well, there's several SFA staff um, <laughs> selling them. <laughs> That's just the ones with the debentures, like trying to do their own tickets. Huh? Uh, apparently, the attendance. If you look at I was just saying, apparently the um, the attendance was something like twenty three thousand. I can only assume that the SFA counted tickets that they sold, but I heard but people going. Nineteen. Now that would be more realistic because yeah. it looked. And I think, again, I think and even that is more impressive than I was expecting. But then I thought about it and thought, I most of them probably went to see Ronaldo when they bought their tickets. And then thought, no, um, but because the two ends were completely empty. I mean, you saw the big salt tires, um, salt tire seats. Um, there was also lots of gaps, and even the north stand had a few gaps in it. But yeah, it was never going to sell more than twenty thousand, especially after Thursday's result. Aye, well, it, it it says it all about the game that you have, you know, you get your player ratings and all that. The BBC website do player ratings. Mm-hmm. Folk can choose what they think, and uh, the best was a five. I know these are usually a bit maybe uh, sometimes a wee bit harsh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. McGregor got a nine for me, and then everyone else no more than a five. Oh no, I'm talking about, sorry, I was talking about a Portugal game there. Alright, oh, okay. Um, I think they just picked a number, that one, that one. Um. Um. <laughs> one thing I was uh, reading today on the BBC website was uh, Roland Miller's opinion that uh, we have to stand behind McLeish and we have to give him the campaign. He seems to be suggesting we should give him the, the whole qualifying campaign, which includes yeah. the stuff next year as well. Mm-hmm. I think if we make a complete Horlicks the next month, he has to go. And we should get a new man in before we hit that group of final if you really want to be having a good stab at it. Because to me, McLeish looks like a man that's completely close. He's a dinosaur mm-hmm. of the game, and I would get rid of him now, to be honest. But mm-hmm. you wouldn't get somebody in in time to not make a mess of the the next round of games. So I think, okay, prove you're not a dinosaur. No harm done if you're if you're if not because we've got a second chance at it. We shouldn't be giving him a second chance if he makes a complete mess of this first one. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Alec McLeish was always a bit hidden. I mean, when when he came back, I think it would have been a minority that wanted him back in. Um, when you can say that some people didn't want him in because of the fact he walked away first time, other people didn't want him in because he hadn't been a job for two and a bit years, um, myself included. Obviously, what he put want to prove is wrong but it's just I like what he's doing in terms of you know bringing the younger players in and you know starting afresh and ditching um, failures from previous campaigns um, but it's just he's not picking the players in position 
uh, in the right position, we're not getting the best out of them because of that, and it's going to end up draining the confidence of the players. Um, mm-hmm. But the same. So, I mean, next month, he's got to win these two games um, to win that section, because it is the easy section we could have got. Um, and, and nothing that I've watched the visual has made me change my mind about them. I don't think they were great. I just think we made them look good. Um, Albania don't look particularly good also. Um, but I, if he doesn't win this section for me, getting our change in and rectify it when the big qualifiers start in March. It's been a long time ago since we won that first game, eh? No. Aye, it was only last month, didn't it? Aye. That's six defeats out of eight. That's not. That's a horrendous record. No. It's Rolls versus first. I mean, it was seven wins out of ten um, in his first camp, his first stab at it. Um, he must be thinking, um, I've made a mistake, I'm back. It, because people remember this more than the 2007 Record. Yeah, yeah. I, I was half kidding on earlier when I said about the this that Basque squad and having uh, that Adidas guy having more goals in the Scotland squad. Um, the squad that played last night has twelve goals. <laughs> the the second top scorer in the squad is Andy Robertson with two. Sheesh. I know it is a, a fairly inexperienced squad in terms of maybe folk where like less than 10 caps but there's even the, I mean, the likes of James Forrest who should have obviously featured in these games hasn't scored for Scotland yeah, yeah. Um, it's, not, again, it's not great reading no but I mean even Griffiths um, when he's in the squad he's only scored four goals I mean I get it took a while for him to get a proper run in the team um, but McLeish does need to sort that conundrum very soon Um Chris, you weren't obviously on last week um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. What's your take on it? Honest opinion. On the Lee Griffiths thing? Mm-hmm. Um, for a guy that was told he needs to work it to get back into the team, having been dropped for Naismith, and then went on and scored the goal. It's never good to see players pulling out of the squad, but it was an understandable reason. And it's, I mean, he was, he was being criticised by the likes of Chris Sutton just days before it in the St. Johnson game where he didn't look quite fit so I, I think it was a a reasonable uh, reason to pull out it's not it's not a, it's not that he's injured but if he's not 100% fit this is a good time to work on it I would rather Lee Griffiths pop out of this one got himself fit played for a few more games for Celtic over the next month and get back into the squad in November what if he doesn't play for Celtic though? Uh, the, the way the Celtic squad is at the moment I find it unlikely he won't be playing um, because Brendan Rodgers is kind of pushing for having two up front in the moment and we've only got Griffiths and Edward so um, unless one of them picks up an injury I think he's going to be trying to play the two up front for a, at least for the next few games which means we're going to get Griffiths getting a lot of game time and hopefully the work he's been doing through this international break gets him back on form. He starts buying the goals for Celtic. He carries that form into Scotland with Thumb Palpini and as you know, and happy again. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, it needs to get sorted um, because, you know, we spoke about it last week the amount of strikers that we've had, like some Mo Johnson, Chris Boyd, etc., who've um, fallen out of managers and then fallen out of the squad um, as a result. So. You don't want that um, trend continuing, considering he is our only really top striker. 
Um, but he oh, needs to keep himself. He, he does need to get fit. I just found it strange that he pulled out this one um, when he's been getting games. Um, whereas the previous month he wasn't getting games and he was happy being the Scotland squad. It's probably noticed his fitness levels a bit more than his recent games when he's been playing for Celtic. So it, it could it seems reasonable. Well, I said it was something he's been criticised for just a couple of days earlier. I think he went about it the right way as well. He spoke to McLeish about it. McLeish was fully informed of why he was pulling it and what he wanted to do with it. So I think, I mean, McLeish wasn't exactly backing him 100%, but it wasn't saying, you know what, I'm, I'm outraged by the fact he's pulled it. It was more a case of, yeah, nobody's guaranteed a place in this squad. So if Lee Griffiths wants to pull out and work on it and continue to show that form for, Scotland, uh, for Celtic, he'll get back in the Scotland squad. He's not going to get his place back because Naismith's got it at the moment, but then... I mean, Naismith got the goal against Portugal there, but as you said, it was kind of down to the, the skill of Gary McKay-Stevenson. Gary McKay-Stevenson taking his chance now to be the hopeful look at him being in the next squad. Mm-hmm. Certainly, his form for Aberdeen in recent weeks has been pretty good, so I would think he'd probably earned it. Yeah. But no, I, I don't think there's any problem with the way, the way Griffiths did it or what he did. Um, I think a lot more was made of it than most people would feel they deserve. Um, it's funny because, I mean, Across the city, had Kyle Lafferty pull one out, even though Ranger said he was fine. He didn't speak to the manager. He just pulled out. So there was a lot yeah. less made of that, but I suppose because it's not Scotland, it's Northern Ireland. Um, well, Michael O'Neill wasn't best pleased. Yeah, uh, that was. I think that's the difference. Is Griffith spoke to McLeish. Lafferty didn't speak to Michael O'Neill. Yeah. So I think there's a bigger issue there. Um, but yeah, if you, if, like I, say, I don't have much of a problem with what Griffiths did. It's, it's disappointing we didn't have him for the, uh, these two games, but. I would much rather have a fit, a fully fit Griffiths for the the double header than a game where he might not really have featured against Israel anyway. Aye, see uh, as well the under twenty ones were in action. They had a a, chat, a slim chance of qualifying for the next tournament coming up. That same group as England, but unfortunately got beat by Ukraine three one the other day. So mm-hmm. qualifying hopes ended. With that, Scotland under 21 playing with another 21s tomorrow. And it's yeah. on TV somewhere. BBC Sport. I, I think um, the SFA's Facebook showing it. Um, I read that right. as much. But the under 21s haven't qualified for a major tournament since 1996. Um, that was when they lost to a Spain side that even Del Pena in the team. That was the one that stood out in that game. But um, So maybe it's no coincidence that. You know the senior squad can't make the step up either, and I've seen I've seen them um, some progress under twenty one. So I, th- I like Scott Gemmel, I like the, the work that he's done. Um, I mean, he he brought in a very young team at that point, um, but results have obviously just not quite been enough, and you see what happens next time. He was like with the Patrick Thistle job, boy. My oh, it says boom, um, boom. Just the link. <laughs> yes, I've set up for you, John. Yeah, uh, I we can stop it... talking about Scotland now. Yeah, we can just move on. Uh, if you want to go to the under twenty one game, it's at Tynecastle, by the way. Um, just um, interested when they go on. Yeah. Scotland, England, maybe you would. Uh, what, what was that about Patrick's little job though? Yeah, um, well, they appointed a new manager. Are we forget about Scotland? Aye, I'm done. Put it off Scotland. Mind yeah. you, he did give us a good moment. We got a call well. Well, against France. Oh yeah, he did. Did that. One of the <laughs> oh, best. Yeah, John. <laughs> Yeah, one of the best. I remember being there. That was a um, a moment I remember when we beat the world champions. Uh, or oh, sorry, the um, 
world number one at the time. They had lost the World Cup final, but they were ranked number one after beating Italy in the first uh, qualifier. But yeah, it's a great day that at Hamden. Saturday at 5pm, yeah. Well, we should have got pubbled again. Yeah. Again, aye. Should have, but, should have managed to win that game. <laughs> but it was, aye, it was at the games you, you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd thrown so his name in the hat for Scotland, but obviously didn't get it, so he's chosen Partick. Um, interesting appointment. I mean, at Wigan, he did very well first season. The League One got him straight back up to Championship Manager year. A few months into the Championship, he gets sacked. Then took another job straight away at Chesterfield, but pretty much took them down to League 2. Um, so, mixed bag. So, wait and see. Yeah, oh. I'm interested to see what he does in the Scottish game as a manager. Well, obviously, we remember him as a player, what you're saying about the, the Scotland game. I remember him as a, a Celtic player. Um, not especially fond memories at times. Um, I, I went to uh, Lisbon in 2006. Where they get pumped 3-0 and Colwell had an absolute horror show of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I mean, you've got to give the likes of Colwell credit. I mean, him and McManus were the, the central defensive partnership that got Celtic in the last 16 of the Champions League. So, <laughs> and well, I mean, we took it in Milan to extra time there as well. So, yeah, it was it was a decent player for for, for Celtic certainly. Aye, he was maybe someone that. Um, had, well, he obviously had to work hard at his, his game and I think he was quite an honest guy as well in terms of, I don't think he would ever be someone that would make excuses for the way that he played or that if he made a mistake I think he was quite a well, you know that way he, enjoyed, he certainly enjoyed playing for Scotland as well oh aye, aye. I, don't remember often, I don't remember often him pulling out a squad no I don't think he did. I don't remember him pulling out a squad at all he was just one of those kind of players so yeah, I, I, he's an honest guy, like you say, and I, I, I'm interested to know what he thinks his biggest achievement is because that FA Cup win with Wigan was proper. Of, uh, of all the unexpected things he might have done in his career, I think that was probably the most unexpected. For all he got to the, the last sixteen in the Champions League with Celtic. And Did he play in that game, the FA Cup final? I can't remember. I remember him lifting the cup. Mm-hmm. Is that is that like a John Terry situation? That's what, that's what I was. I know you mentioned it. Part of right? John Terry. I can't remember. But I was obviously as captain, he was he was up there after cup. So he, he says that his plan is to build a, a solid defence to begin with, which is fair enough. Yep. Build a strong defence and then see what it takes you. Yeah. He was an unused substitute. Ah, uh, okay. Off. Was he injured that season? Yeah, I think that was the uh, season where he got his big injury. Pretty much ruined his career after that. Um, Fraser Fiver was in the bench um, for Wigan that day. Um, I remember when he was at Wigan Fiver, um, there was one game he was on the bench and he uh, he was sending tweets from one of the substitutes bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that summed up his attitude at the time. Why he didn't make it? Ah, he's got the covers got his work cut. Um, I know Thistle lost to Dundee United to obviously themselves. So just changed their manager, I've got Robin Nielsen in so. So two one that game finished, I think. Yeah. At the weekend. Yeah. Aye, definitely is, is what cut out there. Um, uh, again, I mean, I've, I've, I can't remember if these guys were on when before or after Nielsen got that job last week. But decent appointment again. I think yeah, so. we, so we were on, weren't we? 
There's some really good deployments in that championship, which is, is making it very, even more interesting than it was before. I think we mentioned it briefly um, because he hadn't been appointed at that point. We was um, almost uh, certain to get the job at that point, and uh, yeah, we said it could be a good appointment. Um, but a, a good start for them, hitting the ground running. Um, but for Thistle, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I mean, Colwell's first game's against Alla, so he'll be hoping that that's a game where they get three points. Um, although I'll all be confident after um, getting through in the the Ironbrook Cup against Dunfermline on penalties. Tell you what, though, the game of the week, Friday night on Alba. The only one of the games I've watched, because I mean, I said I never seen the, the Scotland Portugal game or listening to the game on the radio on Thursday night. So I actually seen some of the the Edinburgh City game against Abroth. Um When I put it on, Abroth were one 0 up, but. I had to nip out to the shop and it was 2-1 to Edinburgh City. Went on to win 4-1. Not, yeah. not bad. Cause I mean, I know Edinburgh City have started the, the season pretty well. Obviously, top of League 2. But it's not as if it was like a team that's starting like ninth in League 1. It's the team leading League 1 to beat. Aye, unbeaten. Comprehensively. Ah, yeah. bros. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was deserved. I actually did watch the full game. Yeah. It was one of those I was, uh, I was in. And I was like, like flicking through it, what's on TV, it's Friday night, oh, right, right, I'll watch. And I was thinking, ah, I'll see how it goes. Because the weather, I mean, the weather was horrendous on Friday, and you're thinking, oh, maybe it's not going to be that great a game. It's a bro, which is right beside the, the sea. And you're thinking, oh, this could be, this could be a shocker. It was a cracker of a game. Um, Edinburgh City fully deserved to win. A bro looked decent as well. I mean, oh, I. Both, both teams played well um, Edinburgh City certainly obviously took their chances I mean was it was it you Chris that's tipped them to do well this season Edinburgh City I think I did I don't know if I took I don't think I tipped them to win that division I think I had them in the playoffs but uh, certainly they're they're flying at the moment you say I mean our both were good value for money I mean, for a game that's between a team sitting in the third tier and a team sitting in the fourth tier in Scotland it was a really entertaining game to watch. Decent football player. Yeah. Um, Craig Beatty was doing the commentary as well. Yep. Is that who it was? I never, heard, I never noticed who was doing it. He, he, was, I tell you, he was better uh, than Kenny Moore was in the initial game. <laughs> Kenny was horrendous. He was just stating the obvious every single time. I, um, that was Edinburgh City's first time on TV. Not no. Live game. Right, okay. Good Good start. Right. 100% record. So, uh, there's there's maybe a question though as to whether Edinburgh City's one was the, the the one of the round because East Fife beat Queen of the South two 0 Yeah. So, when did Queen of the South last get nil? <laughs> no sure. Um, but I seven wins in a row. Um, and it, remember they went into September bottom of the of League One. Now they're they're third just behind Wraith uh, yeah. and Arbroath. Um, and I noticed because. Uh, it was Dan Young's um, birthday on Saturday and they also got that win um, so he had a great day uh, you got him in speed dial now? I've got him in Facebook <laughs> does that mean you can poke him? oh for god's sake <laughs> fuck's sake <laughs> do people still poke each other on Facebook? I have no <laughs> idea Got to, you're, you're making me have to edit stuff tonight, come on. 
What? A Facebook poke is a legitimate thing. I was talking about joining the... I was mean joining the effort. Oh, right, okay, see, see I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, was it me? <laughs> uh, joking. Aye. Uh, oh, alright, so uh, a, fa- a Facebook poke's alright. But, <laughs> uh, an F. Oh. Uh, uh, so, aye, uh, he's 5-1-2-0. Um, another eye-catching result was Motherwell under 21s 2, Sligo Rovers 0. I think they're the first Colt, uh, Colt team into the, the quarter-finals. Um, yeah, Motherwell, so. so. Yeah, the only other one that was in it was St Mirren and he lost 4-2 to Queen's Park. Yeah. I noticed uh, looking at the SPFL website that um, they've got the times next to the penalty goal scorers um, from penalty shoutouts. Um, so you get Sutton United, um, Ross Lafayette, 93 minutes goal, um, Kieran Cadogan, 96 minutes miss. <laughs> oh, that was like me the other week when I was I took notes of the penalties in the, the Aberdeen Hibs game. And which way the keeper went and all that sort of thing. Alright. Get right into it. Uh, the other results, as you say, um, Sutton United won, got lost 4-3 the Bohemians and penalties. Uh, Ross County, 3-1 winners over one throws. They must be favourites for this, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. Who's the favourites, uh, you say? Ross County. County. Yeah. Uh, I just thought, oh, I just thought. Given what's left, I think they're a good shoot. Unless Edmund City fans are a real big shock. Um, and Connors uh, Key, Nomads, beat Coleraine 2-0. Aye. Uh, that draws tomorrow, or Tuesday, was it one o'clock I think it is, for those who are interested. Well, there's only two non-Scottish teams left, uh, there's obviously the, the Motherwell Colts as well, um, and then it's all of the, the lower league teams, so it's not bad, five and eight. So, Aye. Better than the, I mean, there's that fear at some point somebody out with Scotland is going to win this. And I will not be able to say words like out with because that's all a Scottish word. <laughs> so, managerial appointment as well. Another possibility. Mm-hmm. Kelty Hearts have offered Barry Ferguson the job. Right, he's been out of job for uh, what, for this 17, something last year, um, when he was required. And he's been linked to a couple of jobs, but never really taken them. But Kelty Hearts, so. Why are Kelly Hearts looking for a new manager anyway? I've no idea. I didn't know they were after a manager until I saw it on uh, the BBC website. They were uh, doing alright in the Lone League when I checked recently. That's what I'm wondering about as well. Um, I can't find why. I'm going to try and get the Lowland League website up just to see if maybe there's mention of it on there. Oh, the the report on the, the BBC website about Barry Ferguson says that last season they were promoted to the Lowland League and currently sit above East Kilbride and Goldifts. Although East Kilbride yeah, given a hand. Yeah, they are top, yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're one of the teams they are one of the teams that came from the, the East League. Yeah. And they're certainly very ambitious, want to progress. And yeah, they'll see this as a, a bit of a coup. Mm-hmm. If they can get him in, um, they obviously see Lee Wallace helps when under twenties, and mm-hmm. one of their players used to play with Barry Fergus. Stephen Nesbitt. Or at Blackpool. Maybe not played with, but maybe 
Did Barry Ferguson coach at Blackpool for a bit? He was temporary manager for a few months before he went to Clyde. Uh, he kept, I think he kept them right. in the championship actually that year, if I remember rightly, before they they went down because the um, Blackpool's owners stole all their Premier League money. Um, so, I mean, it could be. A, he did all right at Clyde at times. I think. Aye, yeah, they were in the playoffs and lost to, to Queen's Park, which would have got them promoted into League One, but um, they obviously went in a bad run, they couldn't get out of it and thought, to hell with us, and left. Um, and he was linked so, to being in the Rangers coaching staff um, before uh, Kishin, when Kishinia got the job, um, but obviously they gave that to Johansson that, at that point. Was that not a bit of a case that he was linking himself with it? Aye. I think everyone immediately linked him with it, to be fair. Aye. Right, I'm none the wiser, because I looked up who the previous manager of Celtic Hearts was, and it was Tam Courts, who had been manager for five years and resigned on the 11th of October, which is like four days ago, which the club reluctantly accepted. He hasn't taken another job, he's just resigned. Um, so I have no idea what that's about, because, as you say, Celtic Hearts are, are flying. And they, they actually. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting actually. See the last day that if it stays like what it is just now, the by the looks of it, the last game of the season in the league is Kelty Hearts versus Scobride. Well, I've been interested if it stayed as close as it is. And the second last game is Kelty Hearts against Commonwealth Colts. Commonwealth Colts in the third place. <laughs> nice. And the third last game. <laughs> Is against Spartans. And, and the fourth. fourth. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> so if it was to stay roughly the way it is, way it is what are we to end the season? Well, I think, it. Speaking of uh, season ending, the the women's season, because they play like, summer football, it's coming to an end, I know. Uh, the semi finals of the Scottish Cup are played there. Hibs beat Glasgow City 2 um, 1, oh, really? which I beat them, and Mullerwell uh, beat. I think it was Spartans. They beat them 3-1. So, Hibs will play Motherwell in the final uh, and Hibs and Glasgow City go head-to-head again in what's pretty much a title decider. So, uh, Hibs, are, Hibs are chasing a domestic treble. Mm-hmm. Talking of the Scottish Cup. <laughs> That's happening this weekend. Yeah, I was going to like Barry Ferguson's first game um, with that because they're away to Peterhead. Not yes. an easy start, I think, and that they get that's a bonus. To be honest. Mm. Oh, like Talbot, on the way to Cove Rangers. Uh, you've got Beef Juniors against Lithgow Rose as well. Yeah. The good East Coast and Spartans actually are playing each other as oh. well. So. There's a few interesting ties. Yeah, I'm trying to pick out where there's a potential shock against a league club. Um, you just never know. Um, I'll be in Rovers for Martin United. Yeah. I think maybe I'll be in Rovers are having an awful start to the season. Um, so I can see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, good luck to Talbot this weekend, Liz. John. Yeah. Aye, at least it's a wee bit closer to home <laughs> than the last game. 
<laughs> Don't know that close. Hi, close at your second home, John. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Um, aye, aye. Let's not talk about that. That makes me. Aye. That gives me the fear. <laughs> so. Aye, well, what's happening in Scottish? <laughs> Well, the, the domestic football is back as well. We've already mentioned the Scottish Cup and the Lowland League, but the the SPFL's back as well. Yeah. Um, oh, Jordan Jones um, accepted his offer of a two-game ban. And now, coincides with the fact that Kilmarnock are away to St Martin this weekend, one of the bottom two teams. And I think the other one's Hamilton next week. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised he accepted that, because Kilmarnock basically said, no, he didn't dive, but we've not got any more evidence, so we're not going to bother. Which right. basically is code for, you know, just screws you anyway, so we're not going to bother if you're on it because this process is screwed. To be honest, I thought he dived, so I wasn't going to dispute that one anyway. I don't yeah. think that's not, it's probably one of the compliance officers and yeah. uh, assorted referees have got right. Yeah. Uh, but again, it does beg that question. It's like if you get caught diving, you get booked. If you don't get caught diving, you get caught later on, you get a two game ban. Mm-hmm. It's a big but I suppose that's a risky take. Yeah, but at the end of the day, um, on, on the fields of play, they're getting punished for actually um, calling the referee, and the, for trying to call the referee, and the referee doesn't buy it. Whereas um, retrospectively, later on, um, you know that's where the punishment is because they actually did call the referee. Said, right, you've called the ref, right, um, you're getting banned for that because that's not within the laws of the game. Um, but as I say, it's the bottom two sides they're playing the next two games, although it could come back to bite them if. Um, if some if some man somehow finds some some sort of form, but they're not looking like at the moment. Although Simon Jackson looks so oh, once he gets fit, could be potential for a few goals this season. Yep. Um, game of the day is probably Celtic Hibs second versus third. Um, Celtic did lose to Hibs the last time we played them at Easter Road. Uh, I think the last time we played at Celtic Park it was a Lee Griffiths goal was the difference. Yeah, it was. Um, there's obviously Aberdeen's visit to Hart and as well Titan Castle you fancy your chances? I don't know if Hearts play the way they did at Ibrox then maybe but it's still a tough ask for us going to Titan Castle and it'll be interesting to see what lineup we put in because um, a few fringe players came into starting lineup last week and did well um, but with likes of McGinn being back at contention maybe being back into contention probably Wilson McInnes will probably freshen, um, make changes again so we don't know but we could do a win this weekend, um, you know, and build the confidence up ahead of the the semi final next week, and get our season up and running because it's not quite good going yet. Although the win over uh, St. Manuel need help. to start at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a lot to bounce back from a defeat to Rangers. Having um, at home to Dundee is pretty much a three point home banker, isn't it? Hi, <laughs> a team the top half versus a team the bottom half. You wouldn't have thought that in a Livingston Dundee game. No, that's that's the that, that's the pressure that Gary Holt's put on himself. Though you're expected to beat Dundee at home now. No. <laughs> it's good pressure to have, I suppose. Uh, Motherwell host St Johnson. St Johnson want to bounce back for that sack. Now Drubbin they got off Celtic. Motherwell wanting to try and get off uh, to a better position than they're in at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and we've mentioned St Man Kamarak already. Um, and then Rangers are away to Hamilton on Sunday, I'm guessing. I don't see the fixture. <laughs> yeah, it's on Sky. Ah, right, OK. Yeah, but um, I would expect Rangers to get their first away win of the season. Um, ah, yeah, Hamilton I would expect so. Hor- yeah, how, just now. How about that's for a scenario, right? 
Um, Aberdeen beat Hearts and Celtic and the Hibs draw and it ends up being four points between the top seven, say. Nice. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Not, <laughs> not beyond the realms of possibility either. Because yeah. Hibs are more capable of going to Parkhead and getting a point to prove last season. Um, and you'd like to think we're good enough to go and beat Hearts so that it will be difficult. Um, so, aye. Who knows? Hibs are more than capable of going to Celtic Park and getting all three points, I think. Yeah. Um, they were unlucky not to get three points last season. They were two one up at one point. Aye. McGinn getting both goals and I was thinking McGregor got the two goals herself to get Yeah, because there was a clam for day two should have started um, the last two Scotland games, um, but instead we started uh, Barry Bannon and I think it may have been MacArthur. <laughs> but sorry, uh, sorry for bringing that back to Scotland. Um, on to Championship. Um, yeah, Championship. We mentioned that a lot. Hosting Thistle for Gary Calder's first game. Dun United are at home to Inverness. That should be a, an interesting game as well. If uh, Dun United want to be trying to make their way up the league, that's a game they're going to need to win. Game of the day, Ross County Air United. Absolutely. Aye. Top two, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're to see if we are, uh, can continue their good form with that one because that's as tricky as it's going to get for them up there in Dingwall and what sort of welcome do you think Ray McKinnon is going to get at Capolo this weekend (laughs) 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 a warm welcome (laughs) a warm little penis bovril you mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah Falkirk um get going at some point. They've just not they've had the one win against Isla but defeats every other game either side and it's just they're not looking good at the moment. Um, yeah, and especially if we get much against Morton either, especially given the, the ill feeling between the two teams. <laughs> it's crazy to think for all the goals that Stephen Doby has scored this season, that Queen of South only actually have ten points make games. I think a lot of that is I mean they, they drew a silly game against our both they were 3-0 down and that game ended up drawing but it was a home game and they really should have been looking to, to win that if they'd won that they'd have been in the playoffs instead they're just sitting outside it um, so aye it's a tough game for them going to Fairman who look as though well, apart from the Challenge Cup game look as though they've picked up the league form a wee bit winning the games against Thistle and, and Falkirk Right. Uh, League One, our broth host Dumbarton looking to bounce back from a Challenge Cup defeat. Uh, and Race Rovers are hosting still now, so should be quite interesting that. Have Dumbarton get a new manager yet? I'm not sure. Um, I haven't heard. What's that? I don't know. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Not that we're Googling that sort of anything. I've not seen anything. I've seen that. The, the Steve, Steve Aiken left the job yeah well nah they've not they've not say. replaced him yet uh, Airdrie as well mm-hmm. well it's early in the week still on the Monday nah shall see so yeah back to domestic football again the weekend yeah looking forward to it just to kind of forget about Scotland to be honest 
Um, fingers crossed it's better next month. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, but I hopefully um, the, the Scottish put the, the players on the Scotland squads um, go back to their clubs and pick up their club form again. They aren't too affected by being away, and then hopefully come back at the national team next month in better form. And um, we'll wait and see. But yeah, it's good to have the domestic football back this weekend. Um, <laughs> Another good few weeks coming up um, with the League Cup semi-finals next weekend, so and European yeah. club, European games next week, which we'll also cover next week, unless you've got Bake Off duties. Bake Off is Tuesday night. If we just stick to the Monday night, we'll be fine. But yeah, it's, it's a tricky set of fights for Celtic, especially. But like you say that we've got Europe. We've obviously hosted Hibs this weekend. Um, it's a way to Leipzig. Then you come back and play Hearts in the semi-final. Uh, the League Cup at Murrayfield um, I think we're then away to Dundee before hosting Hearts again um, and then we host Leipzig at <laughs> Celtic Park it's all just there's no let up at all I think the, the let up for Celtic comes at the next uh, round of fixtures for the the, the Scotland games oh yeah because we're away to Livingston after, after Leipzig after post Leipzig as well and that's it so there's what was that seven games between now in the next international break for Celtic. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a month. <laughs> we we kind of touched on it a wee bit last week. Can Celtic get out of that group, you think, still? I know it's only um, got three points and they're only actually three points off Salzburg and Leipzig are and three points, but... Ask me again when we've played Leipzig. I think it's going to come down to that. See if they can put in a decent performance and get a result in Germany. <sighs> Then, yeah, they've got a chance of getting out of that group. If Leipzig it's win, always a chance at home, isn't there? Aye, but I think we need to pick up stuff away from home as well. And mm-hmm. I, I don't see Rosenberg doing too much in this group. Um, so I can see that being six points. I can, I've been surprised about six points for everybody. Um, I'm not even guarantee Celtic will get the, six, the, the win in turn time either. Um, but I, I think Leipzig and, and Salzburg will probably take six off them. So that will come down to how we do against the other teams. If we win the home games and lose the away games, who knows what happens there. Uh, so I think we need, we need to get a decent result in Leipzig. I mean, a draw, and I would think we'll get a chance. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I haven't seen anything that Celtic in Europe this season that make me think we'll get any chance of getting enough Leipzig at the moment. Um, so, First things first, I'm looking to see us hit the ground running against Hibs, try and carry on what we're doing uh, against St. Johnson. That was a, a terrific result, a, a great performance, which has been sadly lacking in Celtic in recent months. Um, so if we can, the, the trick now is to be able to do that again. And it's going to be tricky against Hibs, there's no doubt about that. The, the Lennon's team's second for a reason. Um, they've been picking up the wins, been putting in the performances and... We were laughing earlier in the season that Hibs were good value for money because they were liking goals and scoring them as well, but um, they seem to have shored up at the back quite a bit as well. Aye, they have, aye, definitely. Got a lot more solid. So more options as well. A lot of flexibility in our system. Aye. It's a good squad, few, It's not just the first team, it's a good squad. It's a good squad. A few guys that are scoring goals as well. Yeah. And we're getting goals from everywhere. Right back, midfield, up front. So it's just it's a cracking game on Saturday. It's just a shame it's not on the telly. No. Three o'clock on Saturday. I'm sure nobody's going to the game will complain enough. 
especially given the many games of ours that get moved about for telly, and then obviously the the Thursday games for the the, the European games means that the the league games get shifted to Sunday as well. So yeah, but at least your games aren't on a Tuesday, Chris, just now. Ah, <sighs> aye, true. <laughs> Did you see the article at the weekend that Stevie Marlin talking about he learned his trade watching his dad play at the juniors? I read something about that, yeah. It's a pretty good tell, but... It is not kick enough people up there, isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean? What are you trying to say? <laughs> do you have like, dead ball specialists in the, the juniors? Oh, aye, definitely. <laughs> Stephen Marlon's probably one of the best in Scotland at the moment for that. Yeah, well, definitely. There's a guy, Mark Shankland, who what, there was a time this season whereby if it was a free kick, it was as good as a goal. Mm-hmm. He's, ah, he's dead looking set pieces. So, I, uh, Jan Marlon used to practice at half time and Carlyle's learned a lot. But he must be a cont- he must be someone that could be a contender for breaking in the Scotland squad at some point in that season. Aye, could be. If he, keep, if he keeps always doing me the goal scoring midfielder. Yeah, definitely. Dead um, ball specialist. I think the way he's going, he, he'll be a contender for at least young player of the year as well. I know we're only in October and there's still a good bit to go of the season, but the way he's performing, he's one of the most consistent midfielders uh, in the country right now. So, um, yeah. If he could break into Scotland squad, that bigger as well. Um, if he keeps up his form, there's no reason he can't. Um, I know he had a hard time at Barnsley, um, but for me, he wasn't given a proper chance, and Hibs are giving him that chance. He's shown what he can do, and who knows what will happen. I think he's got nine goals in all competitions. Yeah. Which is impressive. And I think everyone's been outside the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered about um, when we were used to do the charity bets that uh, I remember was it you Chris I think put him on for first goal scorer one game that won us over £100 for charity ah it was about 14 <laughs> to 1 or something was that yeah. night yeah. one of the biggest single wins we had yeah I think for a goal aye, it must be for a goal certainly for a goal scorer aye. Mm-hmm. that was great yeah the, some other news in Scottish football that I thought was quite good was the story about Motherwell and hum- was it Humphrey? They played with him Chris Humphrey mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. saying how much, much Motherwell looked after him when he was injured didn't know. was he injured again or I well back in the day when he was at Motherwell it's Kind of quite a, he's retired now, thirty one. Um, sorry, he didn't. He's he's injured now. He actually, um, yeah, had quite a sad situation at home, and he was very looked after. My well, lost his unborn son during the spell. He spoke and he spoke in terms of when he retired. Um, he, he he said he can't thank Motherwell fans enough in terms of how Motherwell fans and the club and everyone looked after him so well. So. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, it's players acknowledging their previous clubs because I noticed that James Madison um, 
you know, says he wouldn't have been worried because he also got his first England call up. He didn't get his first cap yet, but he put all that down to, or a good chunk of that down to his time at Aberdeen. Says it was the making of him. Because um, after that, he worked his way into Norwich team and went for there. And so it was good for him to be humble and appreciate his his time with us. Um, albeit it was a short-lived one. Um, but it's always good that they recognise their grounding. Let's make. Ah, I was on your job tonight when England beat Spain 3 2. Yeah. Yeah. That's a terrific result for them. Um, there's a manager that's doing things right by blooding a lot of youngsters, giving them a lot of experience. They had a good World Cup. Um, I know people point out that they had quite an easy route to the thing, so to speak, but they still did well to get there, and obviously they're carrying things on in, in this game after a couple of. Um, and different results against Spain first time and then um, Croatia, but they've given themselves a chance of winning that. Yeah, the, the result tonight's terrific. Um, like you see, um, I think we all know they had like, the easiest semi since John was watching the Kardashians. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, the, the... Oh, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I heard you got a soggy bottom watching Bake Off. <laughs> Aye. Yes. <laughs> Um, but then, if they win both games, then they get seven points. Hi, <laughs> true. So they, I mean, that's a, that's Croatia's job: beat England and beat Spain, and they'll top the group. Sorted. <laughs> <sighs> we should probably end the podcast now. Eh? <laughs> we, we've been talking a while, and it's been great fun. But um, all good things must come to an end. Why is why I talk with somebody else? I mean, I mean, female Doctor Who. What your thoughts? <laughs> no interest in Doctor Who at all. Yeah. I'm quite enjoying it so far. I don't watch it either. <sighs> I know. Need to get to a different podcast then. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to tweet him uh, any thoughts you've got on the podcast or Bake Off or Kardashians or any TV programme, anything at all, just tweet us at SFF Podcast on Twitter um, and we'll we'll get back to you because. We always tweet back to people that reply to us. This is certainly the most random uh, broadcast uh, podcast I've been on. Um, one sort of sad note to end this on, there'll be a bit of Peter Brackley, um, former commentator from um, Channel 4's Football Tire coverage, um, passed away, um, which is a shame. But I loved um, Football Tire back in the, the 90s when you had the game on the Sunday afternoon and um, their coverage was just fantastic at that time and obviously they had the best theme tune ever yeah was, you know how many years it was before I realised it was Golazio it was a word not Golazio yeah. <laughs> uh, you thought it was Golazio because of Paul Gascoigne at that point yeah that's, exactly, um, that's, that's what I thought it was uh, I, I'll be honest I remember 
was uh, was it pro evil he did the commentary for? Yeah, yeah, that's I, I, that's the commentary I remember him doing. So um, I, it's, it's, it was a that was a sad bit of news. Um, but if you still got the pro evil games, his 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 voice lives on in them. Um, and of course, we'll there's plenty of plenty of commentary clips from the yeah. the football Italia days as well. Yeah, apparently, um, did Jimmy Greaves' voice in Spit an Image as well. Did he? Yeah, he's a, he, he was a comedian at one point as well, Peter Brackley. It's pretty random. Yeah. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. He was pretty young, was he not? He was only like... 67. 60, 67. Mm-hmm. Right. I actually thought he was older, because he, he's not really been around for a while. Yeah. Um, but apparently he was doing a lot of stuff with Brighton, because uh, Brighton's his team, he was doing a lot of community trust things with them. Um, but... Yeah, I just remember him and uh, James Richardson as a presenter. Um, yeah. He was brilliant. Um, very underrated. With the papers yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Della Sport. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> the, the really sad thing is, I remember, it's Italian football we're watching, it's Peter Bright, and I remember him doing the commentary with Ray Wilkins. Yeah. Ray Wilkins is gone as well, so... Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Wilson home did the narration at one point and he's obviously up there. Probably not one of his more famous ones. No. <laughs> Slightly more famous for a couple of other commentaries. Obviously. See on that on a that note well it's a a good note but then it goes back to a bad note as well. Ruth Hewlett was talking about uh it was an interview with him when he was talking about his mm-hmm. dream team and who he would have in a, a first eleven. And Ronaldinho, he was mentioning, he mentioned different players. There's a Scottish player in it. Yep. Did you who it was? David Cooper. Good choice. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember David Cooper at his peak, but uh, it's as sad as this might seem. I remember David Cooper for the 10 at 60s. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, see the difference between. Cooper and just about every single other player that played in the tennis sixes. Mm-hmm. It was night and day. He strolled those tournaments every oh, time. Yeah. Fantastic at that level. I loved it. Um, I mean, I mean he's brilliant for Marvel and brilliant uh, at Marvel, aye. Sort of, yeah. like, obviously won the cup in ninety one as well. And <laughs> but I, at that level, he's the one I always remember being absolutely terrific. Uh, and he's the kind of guy that makes me think I would love to have seen sort of the more modern day kind of guys at the tenant 60s as well like can you imagine like Woodrop or Gascoigne or I think it's coming uh, back Larson or Lobo or that kind of thing oh, imagine those guys at the tenant 60s it'd be amazing I'm pretty um, sure I've seen it come, it's coming back I think it's um, international 60s I think that's what it is aye 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 but you'll not get it you'll not get a professional no. player what kind of move that, it's kind of stage sad yeah no. Can you remember who the last winners of the 10 sixes were? Partick Thistle. Well, they still have the trophy in their cabinet. Yes. And the year before that was um, Liam Brady's only Celtic trophy. Yes, and it was there. 1992. Mm-hmm. It was uh, good. And I think Hearts won it the year before. Might have done. I just remember. I, 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 went, I went to three tournaments. I went to the last three. I'm pretty sure it was Hearts won it and then Celtic won it and Thistle won it. Yeah. Aye. They were good. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, aye. That's great. Rolling subs. Hi. Hi, good days. Right, so I think we've probably talked all enough. So um, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, thanks for coming on, guys. And we'll talk to you all again next week. Right. Cheers. Cheers.